What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listening to SpursCast, episode 467. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the SpursCast. Joining me on episode 467 is Project, Spur- Project Spurs' own Michael DeLeon, who is our site founder, creator. You know, he has so many different um, hats that he wears for the website. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. It feels, it feels cool to uh, like come full circle. I like start off with this, now I'm like coming back on as a guest, which feels. Uh, really cool because i haven't done this in such a long time so hopefully i'm not too rusty but uh, i'm excited about it one of the titles i forgot to throw in mike was actually um first spurs cast host as well so i'm obviously you know later generations later i'm here doing it now but now you're obviously the first guy to start it yeah but it's, it's better that people forget about that it was really bad <laughs> back when I did it, so. <laughs> hey man it, it, it would not be here i wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you um when you first got this thing started okay so spurs cast listeners mike and i are going to get into a, um, a few different topics in today's episode 467 we are going to um, basically recap that Miami game against, against uh, with the Spurs in the Heat, where the Spurs won by 17 points. They're now four and zero on the season. Uh, from there, we're gonna we're gonna talk about pl- specific players from that game that did very well, but then also just their whole season as as a whole, as far as that that whole body of work, which is four games just the, the, so far without Kawhi Leonard. Um, and then we'll get into a few um, off topic conversations there, um, still concerning the Spurs. And then by the end, we'll we'll answer some Spurs Spurs cast Spurs cast Twitter questions. Um, so the first thing let's go over is the game in Miami. San Antonio beat the Heat 117-100. It was pretty close for most of the game, but then in the second half, uh, the Spurs blew it open, specifically Manu Ginobili, of, of, of all people. He just, just you know, he went crazy with like a 6-0 run that just blew, uh, blew it up to 15 points. So now they're 4-0, minus Kawhi Leonard. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge looks really good. Danny Green, uh, DeJounte Murray, and Rudy Gay. So, Mike, the first player we're going to discuss is LaMarcus. He finishes with 31 points last night, 60% shooting from the floor, 7 rebounds. For his season as a whole, he's averaging 26 points on 49% shooting, 8.8 rebounds. His usage has gone up by 5.1%, so it's at 28.7%. 
He's averaging one and a half blocks, 2.8 assists, and 36 and a half minutes. That's a big thing is his minutes have increased. And on the floor, the Spurs are just annihilating teams, plus 19.3 points per 100 possession. However, when he goes to the bench, Mike, they're they're getting they're getting you know really torn up, minus 19.8 points per 100 possessions. They're just not surviving. What have you thought about Lamarcus first, Mike, against Miami, and then as a whole so far? Yeah, I mean, this has been an interesting story because uh, just the way things happened over the offseason and, and now, and I think the expectation was that he'd have a good start to the year, but I couldn't have predicted this because, I mean, I think he was like expected because he got the extension and, and because Kawhi would be out, but I don't know that I could have expected it to this extent. I mean, the way he's playing, I mean, it just seems to be like lights out and he's making just about everything. Like last night, for example, it just seems like everything, even the like tough shots were going in. And um, he just has this different, uh, like this uh, aggression in him that I haven't seen. Because when people kind of complained about him in the past, I, I always thought like, well, did you see him play, you know, before this first? Because this is pretty much how he's played his entire career. He's been kind of a mid-range, kind of a, that fadeaway type of guy. He's never been like a banger inside or anything like that. And But we're starting to see a little bit more of that. And I think that's been uh, a really positive thing. And, and good to see early on, like I said, especially after signing that extension. I kind of expected, uh, once I saw that uh, Whiteside was out, I was like, okay, well, we're going to see uh, what people are calling the monster now because he was going to really have that guy inside. And he had, a, uh, I mean, James Johnson is one of my favorite players. Just had a tough matchup with him on him, and uh, he just went to work. And But you're right. I mean, since he's such a focus on the offensive end, when he does go to the bench, it, it kind of puts them in a, in a tough situation to try to uh, create scoring and ha- have – one guy they can count on, especially since they've got guys who can do it on offense, like DeJounte that is starting now. It's for starting Kyle, which I didn't expect a ton of offense, but we're getting it. And now he's starting. And so we're missing some of those players off the bench that could come in and relief minutes when he's on the bench and provide a little bit of a spark. Luckily, Manu's been there, but um, I think this will end up sorting itself out once uh, they get healthy. Yeah, and one of the things for me was that, uh, you know, before the season, LaMarcus had made that quote about, you know, basically he wants to return to being an all-star, top 15 guy in the league. And I, I you know, at that point, I almost laughed at it. Like, you know, come on, dude, you're 32. You're, I don't know how much better you're going to get, you know, especially, you know, how, how we saw the last two years in San Antonio go. Well, then, you know, he starts with that, that first game where he really did a very good job against Minnesota. Then he gets the contract extension. And then, you know, now four games in, you know, he's literally has a good, I mean, it's obviously four game sample size, super small, but he has a case now to be a Western Conference All-Star just on, just based on this, just for right now, 26 points, 49% shooting, eight, 8.8 rebounds. He's got the Spurs as a pretty much like the number one C because they're one of the undefeated teams left, one of the few undefeated teams. And they're doing this without Kawhi. So, you know, at first I did kind of laugh at Mar- LaMarcus, but, you know, as long as he can keep this up when Kawhi comes back as well, he's definitely got a shot to make that All-Star team and be, you know, one of the top guys in this league again. And it, and it definitely bodes well for San Antonio. We're going to get into the whole Kawhi coming back situation a little bit later in the Spurs cast, but that's still the biggest question is, is you know, I think he's going to be okay right now. You know, you mentioned how, how against certain defenders, especially like with Whiteside out, he was just, you know, he was just torching, torturing um, Bam Adebayo and um, James Johnson. Uh, and then the Spurs have done a great job of finding him in, in the high-low. Um, he's getting really good position early in the low block. And, and just, you know, guys that are smaller than him, he's just pulverizing them. And he can stretch the three. He's out He's out there shooting the three. He's not hesitating. So the big question still will be, I think he's going to play okay. But does he is he able to ring it in when, when Kawhi comes back? Is he able to still keep this really high level? And that's still a uncertain question for me. Next up, let's, talk, let's discuss Rudy Gay. He had 22 points um, off the bench. 
on 75% shooting. So he, so LaMarcus shoots 60%. Rudy's like, I'm going to raise you up to 75. And uh, also threw in four assists, three rebounds off the bench. That's, that was just uh, in the game against Miami. Now for the season, Mike, he's, he's scoring 14.8 points off the bench on 58% shooting. Four rebounds a game, four and a half free throw attempts. He's just getting to the line a lot. Almost half of his points are coming from the paint. He's getting dunks. He's getting layups. And he's only playing 23.8 minutes per game. I looked up this stat. The last time he played less than 30 minutes in a season was his rookie year uh, with the Grizzlies when he was he played. He still played 26. So this is obviously, it's still early. Pop even said he's going to kind of um, slowly put him in. But even in those 24 minutes that he's playing, the dude is just tearing it up. Listen to this, Mike. When he's on the floor... The Spurs are a plus 16.1 points per 100 possessions. They are just annihilating teams. And now it's starting to show that when he's off when he's off the floor, they're still okay. They're plus 3.2, but it's getting close to where it's going to become a negative where they're going to need him on the floor. So, Mike, through four games, what have you seen out of Rudy Gay, especially coming off that horrific injury? Man, Rudy's been like an anomaly so far. It's just, uh, you know, I, I didn't know. It looks like one of those like unknown uh, quality or whatever. You just don't know, never know what you're going to get coming off of a big injury like that. And so... I, I kind of wrote about him in one of our season preview things, and I said, well, there was a lot uh, that I was kind of hopeful of, and I thought, okay, well, you know, he's got a lot to prove. And But one of the things, and this has kind of been a thing that Spurs players have talked about for years, is that it takes usually a year to kind of mesh with the Spurs system and learn and, and find your way. And I remember years ago, Anthony McDyess telling him it took him like a year and a half before he actually felt comfortable and Rudy Gay almost immediately seemed like he's been there for years already. And um, what I like and what I've been most impressed by is he doesn't have to have like feature plays like called for him. He, he he's been able to score on you know cleaning things up like rebounds or or getting himself in good position. And I think um, you broke it down um, one of the early games for well, the early games, but when he um, uh, the that hammer uh, play where he they trusted him to make that pass to Danny, which is a difficult pass. And I think that just speaks to him like as a professional and, and how well he's been able to weave himself into the lineup and into the rotation. And um, it, it's really interesting because I don't think the Spurs have had somebody with his skill set in this backup three position for a while. So I've been impressed and we'll see where it's at. But I, the fact that he was able to do this with inconsistent or not heavy minutes um, is pretty impressive. Yeah, and you know, there's two points there that when your discussion, when you say that the Spurs haven't had anybody with that kind of skill set, especially off the bench, I think that's the thing is I told Vicky this last week on the Spurs cast, he's like a luxury for them. Think about like their past bench guys that they wanted to be like, you know, their six six man type of guys along with Patty and uh, and um and Manu. It's been like you know Marco Bellinelli in the past, who was you know a good shooter, can cut a little bit, but wasn't that complete player. Then you had Jonathan Simmons, who was a good cutter who could who could slash and drive, but then he couldn't shoot. So like there was always an incomplete part of each of their games. Well, Rudy is like the total package the guy can pass he can shoot he can play defense he can rebound I mean he's just a complete he's, he's a he, you know he's a he's a, he's just like a complete player like basically on, on the verge of being an all-star at one point in his career um that's how much of, of, of a good player he was and now this dude is coming off the bench and he's and he's like I said it's just like a luxury that they have him coming off the bench um 
you know, it will get interesting to see, you know, how much, you know, how much more does he get even better with them? Does he build that chemistry, especially coming off the bench? Um, and, and as his minutes do increase and his usage as well. And I too want to see, you know, how he plays. And I think he's okay. You know, LaMarcus is still the main, the main option here right now. And, and off the ball, Rudy's still a really good option as a second or third option. So I think when Kawhi comes back, he's showing that he's going to be okay. Even if he has, even if he just takes spot up threes or he's throwing that hammer pass or he's just grabbing rebounds for extra possessions, I think he's going to be okay. And that, that, that has to be um, something good for the Spurs uh, that they're seeing early on uh, for Rudy. Okay, Mike, the next player from that Miami game, uh, Miami game is um, Danny Green. So first, LaMarcus shot 60%. He thought he was, you know, the, 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 the hottest shooting dude. Then here comes Rudy Gay with 75% shooting. You know, he thought he was top of the mountain right here. Well, then Danny Green says, you know what, guys? I'm going to raise y'all 86% shooting from the floor. Danny Green scores 15 points on 86% shooting. He grabs seven rebounds. And here's the biggest key. I think the most, the biggest improvement for him, three assists in that game. And it's been something you've seen early on in the season. So just his real quick, his season stats, he's averaging um, 14 and a half points per game on 49% shooting. And they're not all coming from three. They're, they're mid range shots. They're drives to the rim. They're finishes in the open court, five and a half rebounds per game, 2.0 blocks per game two assist. His usage has increased by 2.6%. So 60% usage, which is a little bit higher than the last season, especially now that he's getting the ball a little bit more. Uh, he's playing 32 and a half minutes. Now, just like LaMarcus, Mike, on the floor, the Spurs are just tearing teams apart. 20.6 um, points per 100 possessions better with Danny Green on the floor. And when he goes to the bench, it shows. They, they just fall apart. They're minus 13 um, points per 100 possession when, possessions when Danny is not on the floor. So, Mike, what have you seen about this new and improved Danny Green? And is this something sustainable when Kawhi comes back? Or is it just that he's just getting more responsibility right now? I mean, I think it's it's a little bit of both. Obviously, his usage is going to go up. and But, but then... You know, for other teams, it becomes a problem because if if Kawhi comes back and he's his normal Kawhi self, and if Lamarcus is is maybe not exactly the same player he is now, but if he's able to help us, it's kind of like pick your poison, and and Danny's going to get a lot of open looks and things like that. And um, but it, the, the crazy thing about Danny, I mean, aside from his numbers, because you just look at his numbers and and he's making me look real smart for drafting him in our fantasy league, but. His blocks also, I mean, which he's also he's always been able to get blocks and things like that. But then his scoring is just, it's just a lot more like diverse now. He's not like a, just a spot up um, perimeter shooter. And one of the things he's worked on, and I know you mentioned this, is that he's been working on the, you know, you know, ball handling a, a lot more than just this past summer. A lot of people will say, oh, it looks like he worked on it this past summer. And I think he's been working on it, but finally, we're finally starting to see kind of like the fruits of that labor. And um, being able to finish the basket and things like that, it's it's a completely new uh, looking Dan Green. And it kind of surprises me sometimes when I see him off the dribble and, and taking in and finishing like that. I, it's just not expected. And it just gives some more weapons because and that, we haven't seen a lot as we did maybe that first game, but that step back jumper as well. And he just seems to be doing quite a bit all over the place. And with along with the offense, it hasn't been a sacrifice to the defense because he's still, you know, making the transition plays. He's still um, like with the blocks, and it's 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 one of those things where it's like I understand Kawhi's out, but the changes have been pretty drastic, especially in his case. That um, you know, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out once, like I said, they do get healthy. But I mean, I think they'll he'll still be able to stay. Uh, pretty productive even when he's back because he'll be able to get some of the shots that he was getting and he won't be contested as much I don't think 
uh, on the dribble, and I think he'll surprise some some teams. Well, one of the parts of his game that I think is going to take a little bit of dip, you know, it, this is obviously obvious when Kawhi comes back, is the scoring. He's going to go down. He's, he's not going to be averaging 15 points a game, 14 and right, a half. No. One, one part, though, I think that is sustainable, though, is that off-the-dribble game. So, like... When 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 they when they have a he's he's just been so much more comfortable running a pick and roll or pick and pop with Lamarcus Aldridge that they're building that chemistry. So if they see like a mismatch on one side of the floor, let's say Kawhi's on the right and Lamarcus and Danny are on the left, all they have to do is reverse it to Danny and he can initiate a pick and roll fast with Lamarcus. And then um, he's also more comfortable with let's say they close out on him from shooting three now. Let's say they double Kawhi or double Lamarcus. He can always now he can easily get into the lane, make that pass or attack the basket and, and try to finish. So that's something that Danny just really had a lot of trouble doing with doing in the past. And um, you know, as far as like I, I looked at the the data from um, cleaningtheglass.com, an excellent site that I've been using lately. Uh, myself and Colin Reed have been using that site. And among wings, he's 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 uh, not turning the ball over early on in the season, considering his 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 usage has increased. So that's really a positive for Danny going forward. Is that I think this is going to be these are going to be skills that he's definitely going to be able to adapt when Kawhi comes back and he doesn't have that much uh, responsibility. The next player, Mike, let's transition to is Dejounte Murray. Uh, he didn't score in the Miami game, zero points. Uh, he's, he he um, he uh, he went zero for six from the field, which you know that's bound to happen. He doesn't have a strong jumper still. He, that's still something he's a little bit hesitant to do is take the outside shot. Uh, he, but he did grab three rebounds and three assists. And I think when I pulled up the numbers last night after the game, when he was on the floor, they still had a defensive rating of about 89.5 points per 100 possessions. So he still plays really good defense when he's out there. Now, for the season, he's averaging 10 points a game, 47% shooting. Again, that's you know that's hit or miss just because of you know whether the ball goes in or not for him on some nights. Uh, eight rebounds a game, that's that, that's something more sustainable. Um, the, the high rebound numbers, 4.3 assists, uh, and only two, two turnovers a game, which isn't bad considering how much he has the ball in his hands. Um, 23% usage, which is actually very low for a point guard. For a guy who has the ball in his hands, that's very low. He's only playing 26 minutes a game. Here's, a, here's the interesting part. Using that site, cleaningtheglass.com, he is in the 100 percentile of point guards grabbing offensive rebounds, like offensive rebound percentage. He's basically the cream of the crop right now in the league so early in the season. The kid is just, he's so long, he, he can just grab crazy rebounds, whether it's from the three-point arc, from the mid-range, or right under the rim. Um, the Spurs have been obviously struggling with him off the floor as well. So on the floor, they're annihilating teams plus 20.3 um, points per 100, 100 possessions. Again, that has to correlate with being on the floor at LaMarcus most of the time and Danny as well. But then off the floor... They're, they're, still, they're still not doing as well with him off the floor. They're at, they're at a minus 2.5 net rating um, points per 100 possessions. So, so, Mike, what have you thought about uh, DeJounte so far early in this um, start of the season? Yeah, I mean, DeJounte's the one guy that a lot of people got excited about early. In, and, you know, that's, I mean, definitely deserves, I guess, the respect he's got. But then it's also one of those things where it's like I always tell people, like, like temporary expectations. Don't expect him to be this at this level the entire year. I mean, and then we saw on the broadcast where he was just like talked about being a future all-star beforehand. And then, and then after the game, they kind of like, uh, yeah, they brushed it off. And I was just like, you know, that's one game. We have a very small sample size, but what I've seen from him is there's a lot aside from what he can do in Florida. Obviously his offensive game is still a work in progress, but he's long and he's athletic and he has the physical tools that allow him to make plays. And I like the things I'm seeing out of him that I think are encouraging are that his development as a as a passer, and, he, and we saw this a little bit in summer league. He's able to see a lot more, and I guess I mean his height helps him with that. But he's also looking for that more. He's not always looking for you know to score, and 
and as fast and you know as athletic as he is, he could easily you know try to rush and force shots up. But he's not doing that. He's playing within the offense. The other thing is his development as a leader has been really encouraging because he's just he's a different player than he was last year. And, and I talked about this during the playoffs that those minutes he got in the playoffs um, last year were really key for him, and then just his work over the summer, but. Just for him to be able to kind of take a leadership role at that age and not be afraid of that, because that's with a team like the Spurs who have all these veteran leaders. I mean, that's asking a lot, but he's been, he seems to be ready to take that on. And so, working, he's going to have his ebbs and flows throughout the season. Um, but we're definitely going to see, you know, uh, still, still, I think it's more of this development, it's more of this growth. And it's something that, again, it's not going to be something that's going to be an every game type of thing, especially if Tony Parker comes back and he plays. I mean, that, that whole situation still has to work itself out. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But just a lot to like so far with him. And, you know, one, I think one off game is not going to discount what else he's done before the three previous games. And, you know, we'll, we'll continue to see more throughout the season, I think. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe like two years from now and seeing where he's at because uh, his growth has just taken off. Yeah, and I think that you, you see that, that you know, even when he's not scoring, even when he has a bad shooting night, he's going to have those. You know, he's young. He's not he's not a consistent offensive player from the scoring end. He still makes the impact. As I mentioned, his, the defensive rating was still really good. He still grabbed some rebounds, got some assists. Uh, and you're right. He is very patient setting guys up, um, really, really. Um, and the vocal part, you know, Tom Petrini, our writer, also wrote about that. And, you know, and, and everybody talks about that game against Toronto where uh, he kind of, when Ibaka and LaMarcus Aldridge got into it, and he kind of pushes Pop aside. And then, you know, he's just a very calm, um, he has a very calm demeanor. After the games in the locker room, he's, he's just a very, like, poised player. He's not, you know, he's not getting too cocky or, or like too, you know, get, letting the limelight get to him. He's still kind of keeping his own. He keeps himself a little bit level. Um, so, so that's something positive for, for the Spurs uh, is that DeJounte is obviously having a good start here. Uh, Mike, let's get into a quick minor discussion about the other two point guards, though, on the roster. Um, first, Tony Parker situation. He is actually progressing even faster than the Spurs kind of anticipated. He's now start. He's already uh, Jeff McDonald had a report. Of, Jeff McDonald of the Express News had reported last week that he's already started doing two on two and three on three contact drills. And now this week, the Spurs announced that he's going to be practicing with the Austin Spurs um, in the in the Spurs' training facility as they train um, for for their for their basically um, G League season. So he'll still be in San Antonio. He won't be going to Austin, but he'll be training with some of those G League players. And it looks like he's progressing a lot faster. Now on the flip side of that, it's only a four game sample size. Keep in mind. But Patty Mills really hasn't had a great start to the season. Um, he's, you know, uh, when he's on the floor, the, the the numbers don't show him paint paint a really good picture right now. The Spurs, uh, the Spurs obviously struggling when he's when he's on the floor and when it's not Dejounte. Um, and then also, you know, the, the, he's just not able to get his own shot. He doesn't, you know, he still kind of facil- facilitates the offense a little bit, but he's not that that really quick scoring Patty so far. So my my question to you is that let's just say Parker does come back within like November mid-November or early December, do you think it's not really Murray's spot that might be up for grabs and more so Patty's? I think at this point, that's definitely the case. I mean, Pop's always been the kind of coach that he doesn't, like, disrupt something that's going well. And, you know, I think if if, uh, Murray was having, like, crazy turnovers and wasn't handling the ball and making mistakes, then, okay, he'd be, like, rushing to get Parker back when he's healthy and because he's that, you know, steady hand at point guard. But, Murray's shown that he can, uh, you know, kind of take that role. So I definitely think that it Parker would eat into Patty's minutes a little bit more. And it's, it's been kind of strange because I remember that first game of the season, I saw when, when Manu and Patty came off the bench uh, together 
and I, I love that pairing because Patty's not the distributor. Uh, he's more of that, you know, a, a shooter and Manu can pass. And so I like them two together, but it's going to, they work pretty well that game, but Patty is just not, you know, making the same, I guess, uh, it's just not shooting with as much success. And I think um, Steven Anderson touched on that a little bit in his uh, recap uh, or his, his positives or negatives. And it's just been something that maybe he's been, I hate to use sort of victim, but a victim of everyone else has done so well, but he's just, just hasn't found that, that groove just yet in the season. And so I think Pop will definitely look to, you know, put Tony in there. I mean, Tony still, I mean, the way he finished before he got injured, he was having a, a great season and a great playoff run. So he definitely has that value and, and obviously the corporate knowledge and everything. And so, so Patty might be one that, you know, is, is going to be playing spot minutes, but it's always nice to have that, that player out there. I mean, I'm sure Spurs fans don't like the whole <laughs> resigning into his contract and then the role he's playing. But, you know, that, that's, if anything, it's kind of a luxury to have him. And, and if he is suffering, having the other two point guards that can step in. Yeah. And, you know, for, for me, I've seen too much Patty over the years where you can't judge him on a four game sample size. He actually, he he's kind of, I know he doesn't get as much publicity as Danny Green does. Cause you know, when Danny Green has bad, like, 10-game swings, oh, yeah. and people go crazy on Twitter. But Patty doesn't get that kind of treatment on, on, on social media because, you know, he does go through some six- to eight-game stretches where he just looks non-existent. He'll go through, like, in a, in a four-series of playoff um, series, he might go through one series where he just doesn't score. You forget he's on the floor. But then he, he, he rebounds in another series. So I think that it's still too early. If we go through maybe 10, 15 games and he's still, you know, only averaging like three to five points and he's, you know, he's just not having a lot of contribution, then I think there's a real situation there where they do need to look at, hey, is Parker going to be that guy to come off the bench now? And do they need to look at maybe moving Mills uh, long term? Uh, because, you know, they did just sign him to like basically $11 million a year for the next three years. So that for me, it's still really early to judge him on that. And again, you have to see how Parker's going to play. But you actually saw something last night against Miami. So against Toronto in the closing minutes, it was. Uh, DeJounte Murray closed at the one last night, despite having, you know, not a great game, Patty Mills, he closed the game. Pop trusted him a little bit more. Miami was trying to come back a little bit there and, and pop put him in the last five minutes. So you can just still see that pop trust him. He may not score for you all the time, but he's just still a veteran that's there to keep the ship going um, pretty steady. The next player, Mike, we're not, we're not going to get too, too much into this discussion just because he only has a small um, sample size. So imagine being Brandon Paul. Um, you know, you show up in your first game against the T-Wolves and you don't really play in only like the last 10 seconds. He got to inbound the ball or something. Uh, then the, the next game um, on the road, he doesn't play too much, more like garbage minutes there against the Bulls. And then all of a sudden, here comes Toronto, projected to be the third best team in the East uh, from Las Vegas' standpoint. It's the fourth quarter. You have DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry on one side of the floor, and Pop puts you in there in the fourth quarter of all times, like the last like eight to like four-minute stretch. And then a, f- a few nights later, he's putting you against Miami uh, in, in, a, in a pretty close third quarter, which helped the Spurs blow up in that game. So what have you thought about Brandon Paul, his versatility on defense that Pop can put him in there so you can switch different matchups? And then also, he's able, he's able to hit the three when he is in there. Yeah, I mean, Paul's been one of those guys that's really hard to get kind of a gauge from just because of the inconsistent minutes, but it seems like Pop's starting to trust him more and more and giving him those key minutes. And I think a lot of people have compared him to Jonathan Simmons. I think that's really tough to, to compare him to a guy that was basically in the Spurs system for, you know, time even before he came. You know, he was actually a Spurs player. Um, so, you know, obviously he's going to have that transition. But what he's shown in, in flashes here and there is that, I mean, he is athletic. He can't hit that that outside shot probably at a higher clip than Simmons could. 
And, you know, he, he provides some of those um, intangibles that we saw in Simmons. And he's not going to be the same exact player, but I think, I mean, it just shows you kind of like how deep this roster is, especially when they're healthy, when you have a guy like that that can come in and you can trust him uh, to be in there, especially in, in key game situations. Um, so he, I'm not sure. I'm still, he's kind of still like an unknown to me as far as what to expect. I don't know if you can really even expect anything just because you never know how it's going to go from game to game. Um, I like what I see so far, though, and, and I like that, that him playing those minutes tells me a, kind of a lot about where he's seeing and, and how he's seen and, and maybe how he'll play uh, you know the rest of this season. But, um, again, it's, it's just something we'll have to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I don't think he'll get a consistent role. You know, he's not going to have, like, you know, be one of the top nine guys that gets in the rotation. But I think that what Pop's doing here is he's experimenting in terms of Let's just say Kawhi gets into foul trouble in a row in a row game. Let's say Danny Green gets into foul trouble. You know, one of my wings. Who do I have to come off the bench, and who do I trust to guard a James Harden, guard a Russell Westbrook, a Stephen Curry? This is Brandon Paul. He can switch on to any of those players. He's very confident. Um, you know, you saw him go against Lowry and DeRozan the other night. Then he's going against uh, some of the Heat players like Goran Dragic on a few possessions. So I think that's kind of where Pop needs to. Th- he's throwing him in the fire in these in these actual meaningful games, so that he kind of builds his confidence and has him ready for when he does need to, you know, pull that card out of the Brandon Paul card uh, in, in some sort of playoff series down the road, just in case that something does happen to Kawhi or Danny, you know, in their in their foul situation. So. I think that that's always good to have is a, a really strong defender. And you're right. I don't think the Simmons co- um, comparisons are as fair, you know, right now that now that we've seen a little bit more, I think that, I think, I don't know if it was Pop or Ime Udoka. One of them, one of the coaches said that they kind of reminded more of, of a Bruce Bowen. And, and that, that's kind of what I'm seeing more. He's like a stronger Bruce Bowen in terms of like being a better shooter a little bit right, right off the bat um, f- from certain, um, f- certain areas. And then also, you know, playing that really good defense. Um, just that, that type of mode. I wouldn't want to compare him to Bowen just yet. Kind of four game sample size. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, it's good to see just defensively having another guy you can throw at. at I mean, I remember a few years ago, it seems like, we, we, like okay, well, after Danny and Kawhi, it's like, who do you throw at some of these guys, especially like the Golden State and at the time with like uh, Oklahoma City when they had the other scores. So it's like, who do you throw at these guys and, and what those guys go to the bench? And it, it's nice to have a player like uh, Paul that, you, you know, just gives you another player that they can throw out there and give a different look on defense. Yeah, for for sure, and we'll see how his development comes um, keeps, continues to, to 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 show up uh, throughout the season. Moving on, Mike. Um, one of our other writers, Colin Reedy, wrote a piece recently on uh, on Thursday about the Spurs's some some of the stats what they're showing through a four game sample size. And one of the, the things is that they're they're not really taking threes. Um, you know, only according to cleaningtheglass.com, only eighteen percent of their shots are coming from three, which is ranked thirtieth, which is ranked last in the league. However, they're still they're still pretty accurate. They're they're making thirty seven percent of those makes, which is seventh in the league. So they're, they're a top ten three point shooting team by accuracy, but they're dead last right now um, in in terms of attempts. Now, Colin hinted in his piece that a lot of that is probably due to the offense facilitating through Lamarcus Aldridge right now. It's a lot of four down post ups, pick and pop action, um, which you know you want to do. You want to have you want to have have the possessions going through your best player who's who's healthy right now, which is which is Lamarcus. So my my question to you is when Kawhi gets back. Do you think that maybe the increase in threes goes up just a little bit more? And do you think that they'll still be in that bottom ten of the league? Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be marginal at best. I don't think I don't think we're going to see a big jump uh, just because I'm sure Pop wants to continue to give uh, Lamarcus the looks he's getting. I mean, maybe not the same amount. And I know we'll talk about this a little bit more, but you know, aside from that, I mean, I'm not incredibly surprised just because when you see some of the players that that. Have been getting. It's been Kyle. He gets seems like he gets the majority of his buckets inside, and I mean the Marcus obviously is the focal point, and he's going to get those. But I mean, Kawhi is obviously 
uh, capable of, of you know uh, penetrating and, and finishing on the basket and but you know I think it'll it'll come up a little bit just because like I said Danny can be out there that can uh, hit shots um, you know when they try to double inside or double on Kawhi uh, but I just I don't see it being like it's been in the past where it's been really heavy uh, three point shooting. Yeah, well, again, I I think that I think I think they'll still finish in the in the in the twenty to thirty range somewhere in there again, just like like what you just said. Even when Kawhi comes back, um, just because you know Pop has the offense orchestrated toward his best players, which are obviously Kawhi and Lamarcus, they're not they're not the Warriors where they're you know, running screens all crazy, all these thirty assist games. Uh, they still go, they still through facilitate a lot of their possessions to their two their two strongest players, and then it kind of read and react where whatever the defense does to them, like they say they double on Kawhi or Aldridge and they kick it out, and they eventually get a three from that. But I think that you know surrounding the team like Rudy Gay with, with still having Patty Mills. Um, with bringing in Brandon Paul, they're still having you know still having Davis Bertans. They have st- they still have really good shooters, and I think they'll they'll stay a top ten three point shooting ter- team in terms of accuracy uh, this season. So now, Spurscast listeners, Mike and I are going to transition into the um, the Twitter questions portion of the Spurscast. Uh, we ask you all to go on to um, Twitter and use the hashtag Spurscast to send us any kind of questions you have on your mind. Uh, this is there's only a few questions that's more so on my fault. I didn't get to promote promote it as much this week, um, but we do have some questions, Mike. Um, the first one comes from at the Mick Martin 42. They ask, how many shots should Spur- should the Spurs give LaMarcus after Kawhi comes back? Now, let me just give you some data, Mike, before you answer this question. Last season, Kawhi averaged 17.7 shots a game and LaMarcus averaged 14.6. Right now, without Kawhi, LaMarcus is averaging 20.3. So he's averaging about close to five more shots per game. What do you think the balance should be for, for them to when, when uh, Kawhi comes back, Mike? It, it, it's really hard to kind of like <clears throat> to even give you like any kind of figures just because it's not something that you I, I don't know if it's something you really draw up as far as who's going to get shots I mean obviously a lot happens in the game and uh, rebounding and things like that and just positioning and that changes so much but uh, I mean obviously Kawhi, I mean obviously Marcus is not going to get the same looks that he is now so I think that'll come down but I don't think it'll be um I don't think it'll, it'll come as far as it did last year. I mean, I, I know Pop wants to get him more involved in the offense and, and get him set up. And I, I think even with Kawhi back, I think they'll look to get LaMarcus going early and, and get him some looks in, inside. And then he can, you know, pass it out to Kawhi and, and go from there. Uh, so, I mean, it's really hard to gauge. But I, I do see his um, touches coming down a little bit. With Kawhi, obviously, I mean, that's a player that can uh, dominate um and you know they run some ISO with him before, and but I don't you don't think we'll see as much as that. But um, so yeah, I mean it, it'll be it'll be a, a, I think a subtle uh, change. For me, it, it, I must like think about what Pop just said the other night. You know they asked Pop before the game the other day. You know you you all didn't take a lot of threes against uh, I think it was Chicago or somebody like that. Yeah, it was against Chicago, and he basically said we don't pick the number of shots we're going to take in a game. Basically, like he's like we yeah, we do exactly. we take what the defense gives us. What's his quote? And I think in terms of Kawhi and LaMarcus's shots, you kind of have to see it that same way. Is basically, they're not, Pop doesn't plan to say, hey, Kawhi, take 20, or LaMarcus, you 15, or LaMarcus, 16, or whatever. I think it's just more so of, you know, how much does the defense double team? How much does it, they try to get, that, get the ball out of their hands? How much do, does one guy have it going a little bit in the game so, that, so they keep feeding him if, he, if he's hot for one night? So if I had to give a numerical guess, I think that they do, just like you mentioned, they, they increase Aldridge's attempts early, trying to get him comfortable early on, a lot more four down action, a lot more pick and pop. Um, so I think that if I just had to give some sort of base number, I'd say Kawhi 18 
and Lamar- LaMarcus 16 this year. A little bit more of a trade-off, and Kawhi, I think, sacrifices a few shots for more assists, somewhere in that range. Yeah, it sounds about right to me. Yeah, so um, moving on to the to the next uh, Twitter question came from at Insomniac Games. They asked, "Will Pau Gasol still be a starter by the end of the regular season?" Mike, what do you think about that? As, that's that's like seriously the hardest question to ask because I don't know if Pau Gasol will be still be the starter center in like two weeks or. In, I mean that that seems to be a position that Pop decides to um, shift around quite a bit, and he did that a lot last season with Pau coming off the bench. Some, I mean. You know, a lot of it also depends on matchups. He's not afraid to, to change things. And with um, uh, Laverne and how he's been playing, I mean, I could see him wanting to get him involved, um, depending, again, on the matchups. Uh, if I was going to take a guess, I would say... I would say yes, just because... Some, I mean, and, and Powell's numbers are down a bit, but that's obviously also a result of other players being involved in the offense more, but... I think his rebounding and his uh, defense like at the rim, those are some things, that, especially with having a player that's been here now and, and has a little bit more experience than, than Laverne. Uh, I think that he'd probably he'd, he'd look to try to keep him and, and start him. I think he'll definitely experiment a little bit. But, I mean, I also like having the option of having uh, Laverne off the bench just because of his passing, and he brings that other, uh, you know, passing big man for uh, Patty and Monty to play off of. For for me, it comes. I, I think that I'm, I'm with you, Mike. Where I think that it will be Powell still by you know game 82. He's still the, the normal starting center for for a few reasons. Uh, Lamarcus has kind of been on the record of saying that he's really comfortable with Powell. They have really good chemistry together. Um, you know, Powell is doing a great. One thing people don't see is that I, I wrote about this on Project Spurs is that he's our best guy delivering that high low pass. I mean, the dude's seven feet tall. He can scan the floor from the three point arc and just find when Lamarcus has a mismatch, when Rudy Gay has a mismatch, hit them in the in the in that in that spot. And even last last year, he he was de- developing some chemistry with Kawhi, hitting him on a few alley oops as well. So I think that that bodes well for Powell, and um, he's almost like a, a second point guard on the floor. He can kind of just f- facilitate the offense. Um, you know, the Spurs don't play Stephen Curry every night. They don't play, um, you know, Damian Lillard every night. So, so the, the guys that really make Powell pl- uh, pay for, for being, you know, a really slow older defender are those, those, those running gun shooting teams that, that can really um, get him on switches on ISOs um, at the three point arc. And those teams aren't, aren't there every single night. So against certain teams like the Warriors, the, the Blazers, maybe I think Rudy Gay would start. And of course, if it's a playoff matchup, depending on the matchup, Pop will start, you know, he'll bring Powell off the bench if he has to for that specific reason. But, you know, for, for the normal 82, I think he's going to be the starter unless Pop wants to go small right from the get-go with Rudy Gay. But I, I, I don't think he's planning on doing that just now. So I think right now Powell's job is pretty safe, and I, I, would, I would be confident saying that he'll be the starter by the end of the year. Maybe not the playoffs, but for sure the end of the season, he should still be there. The only thing I like is that, I mean, he adds that extra dimension that a guy like Lamar doesn't doesn't add and. and he continue, He helps to stretch the floor a little bit, and either one of the the the, the Spurs post guys, um, uh, Lamarcus or Powell, are able to come out in the perimeter, and you know it does. It's not like a. It allows the the offense to flow a little bit more, and you know the paint doesn't get too clogged and things like that. So I like that they can play off each other like that as well, and like you said, that's been key kind of in the high low so far. Yeah, no, for sure. So so that's that's definitely one of the parts of the tandem of the both of those players. Uh, the, the last portion of the Spurs cast, um, Spurs cast listeners, is Mike and I. We're going to just preview the next the, the next few games coming up for the Spurs. Um, kind of predicting who, who's going to win. Uh, Vicky and I did this last week, and we were both right. We we both predicted that they would be four and zero coming into this Spurs cast episode four sixty seven, and we both called the, the correct um, answer. 
Uh, so, so Mike, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the Spurs' next three games before I think I'll record episode uh, 468. And so I just want, I'm just i just going to give you a few stats about the teams, and you tell me who do you, who do you think is going to win that game. So Mike and I are recording this on a Thursday evening, the Spurs cast. Uh, so, so the next game for the Spurs will be Friday at Orlando. Now, here's the, here's the crazy thing, Mike. You look at Orlando in the standings, mm-hmm. and guess what? They are first place in the Eastern Conference. Three and one. Uh, they are just off the charts offensively. They finally unleashed Aaron Gordon. They're, um, you know, they're, they're playing him at the four more often. Vucevic is now like the Pau Gasol where he's just shooting threes all over the place. They got more athletic wings. They got they still got Fournier. They added Jonathan Simmons, a f- former Spur. Um, it just feels like guys are kind of fitting their roles. And they're finding their place finally. Now they're third on offense in the league right now, according to cleaningtheglass.com, and 20th in defense. So they still have some, some issues there. But Mike, what do you think uh, about Friday's game? Against the Magic, um, Kawhi will be out again. Parker's going to be out, and Laverne's going to be out. This is an interesting one. I was looking at this one quite a bit earlier because I was talking to um, Philip Russell Mark of um, Orlando Magic Daily, and, and I sent him some, some questions over. In fact, you'll be able to see those uh, today on the site. But uh, I didn't expect this. It came out of nowhere seeing them. And I again, it's early, so I'll set with but 3-1 and one, um, has been impressive. Not only that, but Aaron Gordon's numbers are insane. Uh, he's making me regret not picking him up in fantasy. Um, I, I didn't see that coming from him. And he had this, like, one giant game. I like what I see. It seems like they're actually having fun when they're playing now. I mean, and, and they still have some youth and things like that. But they've kind of made an effort to to short the bench. They they still have had some issues on the bench early in the season. Um, but that's because they've introduced so many new players. I mean, they've got Mack in there, Jonathan Simmons, obviously, and... and um, a few others, but this the other thing about this one is that you know we saw how Lamarcus did against a smaller defender and not having Whiteside, but Orlando has kind of like a, a bunch of big men. They, I mean, they've got uh, you know, I'm not sure about health wise, but I think Biombo, uh, uh, what's the other guy you just mentioned? I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, Vucevic. Vucevic is there. I mean, Gordon's there. I mean, they have they have players that they can throw at him. So, I mean, this is one that. I think we'll be close, and I'm actually, I think just the way they're playing so far and some of the mistakes the Spurs have made, I mean, I think this is one that they could they could potentially lose. Yeah, um, I, you know, I, for one thing that, that kind of made me not too surprised by it, but, you know, a little, I'm a little shocked that they're first right now in the East, and obviously it's only a four-game sample size, but I think they, they, they would, I, I figured they would be like in the five to eight range at this point. Uh, was that they they played the Spurs in San Antonio early on in the preseason, and a lot of this was showing they were going up and down the court, running, gunning. Uh, Aaron Gordon just was had his way with the Spurs defenders. Pal Gasol, he get him on a mismatch and just take him out three point line, and then just drive by him. Um, one thing, Lamarcus did have a good game though against them. Now Vucevic didn't play in that game, so um, this one definitely has a lot of Spurs first loss of the season type of writing on it. But the part about it that I think the Spurs San Antonio's gonna be okay is the part that tw- Orlando's twentieth in defense. Um, when it comes down to it, that that's a really thing where the Spurs will try to control the pace a little bit better. Their transition defense will take away some of those fast break opportunities by the Magic. And I, I'd give the slight edge to San Antonio um, if I had to pick an outcome. So, so you're going with Magic or you're going with Spurs in that one? Yeah, I'm going to go with Magic. I think it'll be close there. Okay. 
then, uh, so after Plano, Orlando, the Spurs still stay on the East Coast. Um, they, then they have a day off on Saturday. Then on Sunday, they travel to Indiana, where they're going to play the Indiana Pacers in an early afternoon game. Um, the Pacers right now are pretty much like 11th in the East, 2-3 and three early season. Uh, they're 6th in offense um, and 29th in defense. So, Mike, uh, what do you think the outcome will be in that one? I mean, I'm, I'm calling this one a win. I just don't think the Pacers have the players that can keep up, especially, I mean, even with the injuries, especially the way they've played so far. And not only that, they've had to issue some new players in. I mean, they, their point guard situation seems like it's completely new players. They've got Carlson and um, uh, Corey Joseph in, and I think they're still going to have some growing pains. And it's just honestly identity also. They don't really know what their identity is yet because, you know, they've got so much uh, transition with Paul George out and, you know, uh, being um, – moved and with bringing in new players so um yeah I, th- I think the Spurs should you know as long as they as long as they play Spurs basketball and don't get like a little to sleep or anything like that I think they'll be able to pick up the win yeah you know same thing here uh, you know I think it'll be very reminiscent of that Chicago Bulls game a few nights ago where um you know young team they might stay with them for a little bit and then San Antonio eventually picks up gets some sort of run together and then takes that takes the W on their end um for, for a win uh so yeah I don't think the, the Pacers are going to beat San Antonio on that night. Uh, the following day, though, it's, it's the Spurs' first back-to-back of the season. San Antonio travels to Boston, where they're going to play the Celtics. Now, Boston obviously, had, you know, coming into the season, they were they were highly touted. They were they were supposed to be one of the, the elite powers, and it really stinks that Gordon Hayward got hurt on the first night of the season uh, with that season-ending injury. So, so they're obviously more like a mediocre team right now. Um, you know, they still have some talent. They'll get a little bit better as they start building more chemistry with Kyrie Irving, and then when their players um, get a little bit more healthier. So right now, Boston's um, eighth in the East at two and two. Um, they're 18th in offense, but surprisingly, they're third in defense. You know, even with with Hayward out, and I think with Marcus Morris out. So, Mike, uh, what do you think about Boston um, and San Antonio on the second day of a back to back? This is the one that kind of it was kind of the biggest curveball. When I was looking over it, I was like, okay, well, they could either lose to I don't know, but then the back to back could have some you know effect on them as well. And going up against a team that still has a lot of talent in Boston. Um, but I mean, like, this is a, I think the early game the, the day before kind of helps out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to take a win this one. I think uh, you know Boston's still hurting. I think Marcus Smart is injured right now, and so he's been a guy that's been able to come in and do some things for them. Uh, he was able to do that early on with um, Hayward out, and I think um, you know I'm not sure exactly what his status is for tomorrow, but last I saw was he was injured and might sit out. So um, that could definitely have uh, some effect on them especially defensively because he seems to be like one of the best defensive players. Uh, so I think they'll they'll pick up the win, and I think it'll be another close one. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with, with San Antonio as well. and I'm going to go with San Antonio on that one. I think that they'll be okay. You know, I think the Pacers won. They'll maybe win by like 13 or 15 points where they kind of pop doesn't put too many minutes on the guys. Yeah, because yeah, the bench um, and then <laughs> Yeah, and then and then the the next night against Boston, you know, they're still kind of be it'll be just the following day, so it'll be kind of in a rhythm, uh, and then they, they know they're gonna have two days off before they see Golden State that following um Thursday, so I, I would give the edge San Antonio just because of the, the status of Boston's team. I think San Antonio's playing really good um, on both ends of the floor. They're a top ten unit in, in offense. I think they're ranked ninth San Antonio, and on defense fifth. More and more that I look at it out of these next three games, I really think that it's gonna be that magic one now that I think that they're gonna lose, but I'll still go with San Antonio for now. So you know, by next Spurs cast, maybe they'll be seven and zero by my. Prediction, or there'll be six and one by Mike's prediction. Um, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, so the last thing, let's just uh, let's just get out through a, a few more um, things that are uh, we kind of want to promote. Um, we want to promote. Um, make sure that you keep checking out. Uh, I mean, asking us questions through hashtag SpursCast. Um, SpursCast listeners use the hashtag SpursCast. Go on to Twitter, and uh, we'll make sure to read your questions on the air for the next um, 
podcast. Uh, make sure on Twitter, if you're on there, follow at Project Spurs, at AT League underscore NBA, at, at the Spurs cast, and at Project Spurs Network. And also follow Mike at M. DeLeon. Uh, Mike, we also launched the uh, ProjectSpursNetwork.com. Can you give the listeners um, a few details about what that is, how, how it came about, and, and you know what they can look forward to seeing on there? Yeah, and you can read a little bit more uh, about it. If you go to Project Spurs, the, the link is on there. And if you go to ProjectSpursNetwork.com, you can kind of get a little bit more. But, you know, it, it was one of those things after uh, I had Project Spurs going early on. I was like, I thought, you know, of the idea of expanding. And, and uh, at the time, it was Toros was the first thought. And so we did that. And, and I remember you did uh, some of that early on as well. And so the, it's always been kind of the idea to it, continue to expand. You know, over the years, we kind of wanted to build up the individual sites first. Uh, and, you know, we've had some great editors uh, to help w- with that. And we kind of left the, the network site for the last because, you know, we wanted to make sure we had that foundation in place before uh, we set up a site that would be basically like the home of the entire network and a, a way for us to promote the content. And so that's like, that's what launched um, yesterday. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about it because this is kind of, I think everybody, all of the, the network editors, we've been kind of talking about this for some time, and it's kind of like the realization of something that has been a goal for a while. And so, what we're we're going to use it in a different way. Then it's not just going to be kind of a home where we dump every single piece of content. It's going to be curated so that all of the ed- editors pick their best content from that day and share that up there. And it's also a way for you to, if you like, uh, follow several of the teams that we cover. It'll be a way for you to you know, get kind of more sports and more teams and, and get all of that news in one spot. So uh, definitely check that out. And just uh, uh, thanks to all the other guys, Paul, John, Jeff, Steven. I mean, uh, they've worked really hard. And um, so anyway, check it out. If you have any suggestions or questions, uh, feel free to let us know. Again, SpursCast listeners, you can follow that account um, on Twitter at Project Spurs Network. There's a, they're also on Facebook at Pro, um, and with the Project Spurs Network Facebook account. Uh, go to the site though, ProjectSpursNetwork.com. Um, also continue to f- follow ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzingTheLeague.com, and SpursOn6.com, especially with the um, the Austin Spurs getting ready to start their G League season here in uh, November. And then lastly, please, uh, if you have an iTunes account, please um, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Let us know how the show's going. We know what improvements we can make, uh, what you like about the show as well. Mike, thank you for joining, man. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, I think we got a question a few episodes ago where they're like, why don't you ask Mike on the Spurs cast? Like, know, Mike, like, you literally, I was like, Mike literally used to do the Spurs cast. Like, he could literally launch his own and just record an episode if he ever wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think I've done like worth 300 episodes. I'm good. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, it was cool to make it out to, to, to be able to get on here. And, and um, uh, one of the things I don't get to do as much of is, is talk about the team and things like that. So, I was kind of nice to do that as well. So, thanks for having me. No, th- thanks, man, for coming on, really, for, for sure. And I'll make sure, you know, I want to get through all of, like, as I told Vicky last week, I want to get through all the riders, and then we'll start bringing them, you know, basically we'll start bringing di- different rounds. So, again, SpursCast listeners, uh, go check out Project Spurs. We have a lot of content on there. Our riders are, you know, the season's obviously started. Our riders are all, um, you know, in full gear. They're, they're, they're in there um, writing weekly um, uh, weekly articles. Go, so check it out. They're putting a lot of effort into their pieces. Um, really good stuff there. Um, so for Michael DeLeon, my name is Paul Garcia. And for Project Spurs, have a great day.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.